Welcome to episode eight of the To Comply or Not To Comply podcast. I am ridiculously excited about today's episode. I'm talking with the homie, the most inspirational person I know here in Miami, another founder, someone that's just doing amazing things and has an amazing story. Ariana, thank you so much for joining. I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Thank you, AJ. You already know how I am, so I got to plug you right back because AJ. You know, everybody, some people are ashamed to show love, you know what I mean? When they, you know, make certain accomplishments and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm not that way. And I you say I'm inspiring, but I'm definitely inspired by you and just like what you've done at Bite Check. But also want to just say like AJ was one of the first founders that I called. And just through Twitter, I was like, yo, like, I see you doing cool things. Can I get some advice on some like founder stuff and AJ was like yeah like he you know we I think we were on like a 30 minute call this was a couple months ago and it was that was actually um the advice you gave me was some of the most helpful advice I got like as a founder and a person who's trying to grow a scalar company so I look up to you like you talking about you know you you inspire by me I'm inspired by you so thank you for having me on the show absolutely I appreciate that that was a dope conversation and and it's been all love since you know I think one of the coolest things about our relationship is we're inspiring each other back and forth like seeing the greatness you know iron really sharpens iron so I'm blessed to know you for the folks out there that that don't know who Ariana is give us some background about your story and, and then we'll dive into some pieces of it absolutely so uh, there's so many different things high level so my background is I'm a software engineer. Obviously, like this is an audio podcast. So I want to say I'm also a black woman, which is very important because there are not that many women, period, who are software engineers, let alone who are black women. And then I'm also the founder of a Web3 NFT marketplace for fine art. And so like there's so many different intersectionalities to why like I shouldn't be successful. <laughs> and so I just want to make sure that's clear on this podcast. And I know, AJ, you know, we're going to do it up. We're going to talk about it all. And I'm originally from Atlanta, based now in Miami. I moved here to Miami last year on faith. Um, that's 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 literally what it is. So, love it, love it, and it, and I want people to make sure we reiterate: Ariana is a black woman that is a software engineer founder. So all of those perceptions out there that black women are non-technical, throw those out the window because we're looking at a queen and her greatness right now that is doing the thing. Talk to me about this web three nft marketplace for fine art how did this come up in your head and then you know what are you building and why why is this your mission man so you're gonna laugh because i don't know if we ever got to really talk about how mushi started like even how we started is so in line with just who you are as a person who we are and i'm excited to share so literally i got this idea from mushi so mushi again we are a fine art nft marketplace so we partner with established artists in the traditional art world and emerging artists and we help them generate their nft collections and we have our marketplace of our beta launch that's launching this june in miami <laughs> we're doing uh miami's first 30-day nft exhibit in the historic district art district in miami of winwood actually we're doing a launch with an emerging artist his name is mark delmont he is amazing and this is his first ever solo exhibition so this fine art artist he's a fiber sculptor and um, we're, we're super excited because it's our first launch. So make sure you follow me, Ariana the Techie, 
on Twitter and you can like hear more about it. But the idea for the company, you guys are going to be like, whenever I tell them, people are shocked. I was literally, last year I was in the middle of a depression and I was really searching for just an answer. What I say is an answer from God to figure out what is my purpose in my life. And literally last year I was visiting New York City and I went to the MoMA. I was in New York and I was there. I was talking to one of the curators. We were talking about art and how they uh, collect art. And I grew up, you know, going to the museums for free with my family because that's what we did on the free Saturdays when you was broke. That's all you could do in Atlanta. You would go to, you know, the high. And so I, last year in the middle of the depression, decided that once a month for a few months, I would, on a Saturday morning, wake up in the morning and I would choose a random city on that same Saturday morning. This was a challenge I gave to myself. And I would fly to that city. Now, your girl didn't have money back then. So I had to use Spirit. I was on a $45 flight. But, um, you know, just I just want to make it clear, your girl was not rolling in dough. But I, I wanted to do something fun and, and something that was different to help me kind of really get out of this depression. And so I, I, that Saturday morning, I chose New York for the day, there for 12 hours and visit all these museums. And when I was there talking to one of the curators at the MoMA, we were talking about art and how they collect art and all this good stuff, right? Well, during that same time when I was in that depression, Every day, I think I was listening to Jay-Z's 444 album like three times a day for months. Like 444 really got me going. And we all know, right, the song on 444 where Jay-Z is talking and he's talking about how he wished he invested in Dumbo, right? And how he was a Dumbo for not investing. He could have got a property for, I think, a million or a couple million. And now it's worth, you know, got billions of dollars probably now. And so, and in that same song, he talked about how he used art as a form of investment. And he talked about how he couldn't wait to give it to his kids and give it to Blue. And it's worth one million. Now it's worth two million. Now it's worth four million. Now it's worth eight million. And literally that song just got me thinking. I was like, wait a minute, what is he talking about? How is this art appreciating in value? And that's literally when the idea for Mushi came about. So Our one-liner is, you know, we're a marketplace where you can buy, sell, and fractionally invest and find our NFTs. And so literally, that's where it started. That's where the idea came from. That's hard. Shout out to Jay-Z. I did not know that story. So that's my first time hearing it as well as our listeners. That's that's dope. I want to get back to something you said in there because I think it's so important just for people that are listening in this, especially for people that have been following me around mental health. And you were in a depressive state and you decided to do something that was a form of self-care. You went back to something that brought you joy as a child that you remember that you used to do. And then you challenge yourself to like get out and do something. Talk to me about like that decision and some other stuff that you did to like get through that moment. Because I know a lot of people, I've, I've been depressed in the last two years it's happened. Um, and I know people out there probably may be depressed right now. It's something that happens to all of us. And I think two founders talking about this is, is really impactful. So what were some things that you did, including that self-care to help you get through that? You know, AJ, that's one of my favorite things about you. You have really great content around mental health and wellness and like even like how your company, you guys do like four day week work weeks, and all that good stuff. So I love that, you know, that's a, a, a part of your core work as, as a founder and a person. It's really inspiring to me. But no, like the reality is, is that depression is real. Those moments happen. And last year was literally the lowest point in my life. Like I was like in getting out of relationship. I was you know, trying to decide what city I was going to move to next. I had just moved to Florida and literally two weeks, about two weeks before coming to Miami, I made, actually, this is the anniversary week of when I decided to move to Miami, April 27th. 
Yeah, this was a so this is a, there's a lot happening this week. I did a complete 180 degrees. And here's the thing about, you know, when you're a passionate person and you're about mission and vision. I knew even in even, you know, there are people right now who are listening to this and you're in the middle of a depression. Or maybe, you know, you only got $250 left in your bank account like I did, like when I moved to Miami. And you're trying to figure out how in the world are you going to get to the next level? What I had to remind myself, like AJ, like what I kept telling myself last year when I was really in the thick of it was every time something terrible would happen to me, I would just say stuff like, you know what? This is just going to make for a better chapter in my book. This is going to make, make for a better Netflix movie. This is going to make for another, a better exhibition in my one day when I'm in the museum and the National African-American Museum and the National Museum of American History has me in there. It's just going to make my story better because when you think about people who've inspired you, and this is for all of everybody who's listening, when you think about the people who've most inspired you, the founders, the tech folks, all that good stuff, those people had stories that were crazy. You were like, how did you do it? What do you mean you moved to Miami with $250? Living in a, I was living in an Airbnb with this, God bless them, this amazing Cuban family. They only spoke Spanish. I'm living here with four random adults. Who, here I am, this, at the time I was 25, I'm 26 now, I'll be 27 this year. I was 25 years old, moving to a city I, I don't really have many connections in, you know, just really just, I was just like, what? I mean, anything could have happened to me, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's moving anywhere. And so I think you you just have to remind yourself that the people who end up making it and what helped got me through was reminding myself that, you know, the people who make it and end up being successful are the people who stick with the problems the longest. It's not about necessarily being the fastest runner. We all know the story of the turtle and the hare or whatever, right? The rabbit goes to sleep or whatever. But you know, it's about who sticks with the problem, who's going to stay in the race. And so Outside of that, I mean, prayer, you know, most folks know, like if people know me, they know I identify as Christian. And at the end of the day, like when it was just me, like at home and I had my $250, I was on my knees praying. And then when I wasn't praying, I was coding, like, you know what I mean? To try to figure out, you know, what's, what's going to be my next move? What's my next idea? And so those two things of prayer and God, but two, having that mission vision focus of like, no matter what I have to make it. Like in another thing I'll share to AJ, I know there's all these different points and I'll stop chatting, but you know, another thing for me that kept me going was as a woman in tech, as a black woman in tech, I know that I'm called to be here, but two, I know that there are not many people who are like me, us, who look like me and you. I mean, you're the only, aren't you like the only black founder in the cybersecurity space? Like the reality is this, even if we do fail with our current companies, we have to keep going because there are not that many people like us. Who else going to do it? Who else is going to do it? So I kind of feel what I call a healthy burden, a.k.a. in church, we call this a calling, right? When God put a calling, you're like, but I feel a calling on my life that I have to keep moving. There is no, ain't no giving up. Okay, I got $250. I'm going to make it work. You know what I mean? So that's uh, so much there I want to dive into. And one thing you said that I 100% agree with is that genius is just perseverance in disguise. Like it's it's nothing more than people that just decided to stick it out and keep going. And a book I read in the early days of Bike Check was called Obstacle is the Way. And and it's all about how every, most of the time in life, when you look at an obstacle, it's just your perspective that needs to change because that obstacle is actually the path. That's the path you're trying to go down. And I look back at all of the times that I thought were my lowest, they were actually building me for something bigger. And that's how I look at stuff now where like, 
how you're like it's that's a part of the netflix special that's a part of the story that's how i look at it like oh this was something i had to go through because the the what the outcome is on on the other side of this path and instead of retreating you go towards it for me it's just self-belief right it's just i just believe in myself i have a ridiculous amount of faith in the fact that i think i can just get shit done where does it come from you like what is what drives you to keep going past all of those obstacles so this is a good question. I, I love it. And I'm going to actually challenge the audience. And AJ, I'm going to challenge you too. I'm going to give it to you too, my brother. One thing that helps me push through the, the obstacles, and I'll give some more tangible examples too, because I've already said, I love God, you know, talk about God and prayer. But also another tangible thing that helps me is I got a challenge, AJ, two years ago from a phenomenal business mentor of mine. You know what this man had me do, AJ? He came to our meeting and he said, Ariana, I have an assignment for you. I'm like, okay, what, you know, what's going on? What's popping? The assignment he gave me, AJ, was you have 48 hours to write your eulogy. Or actually, I think he gave me a little bit more time than that. So th th those details don't matter. But he told me to write my eulogy as an assignment. He said, you need to write your eulogy, right? And everybody on, on the call, we should all know, you know, what a eulogy is. This is what is read about your life at your funeral. He said, I want you to write it in the tone and the voice of whoever you think is going to be reading your eulogy at your funeral. And he said, what are your accomplishments? What did you accomplish in life? And it challenged me. I was like, wait a minute. What? You want me to think about my death? Which, by the way, all of that's coming to everybody. One thing is promise. It's death and taxes. <laughs> and so I did that. And I often go back to that eulogy and remind myself, like, Ariana, this is you. You are this multi-billionaire that's et cetera, et cetera, that did this in the, in the, you know, 100 plus years of your life. And so that's something that I often look up to because it, it does something to you physically, mentally, spiritually, all that good stuff emotionally to kind of put yourself in that position. And that, that challenge, AJ, made me realize that time is so short and it is truly but a vapor. Life is but a vapor. We're not going to be here long. So I need to every moment, every week, like is a moment to take advantage of the opportunity. And so those types of things really, really help me. Yeah, there's a, I do a lot of Stoic philosophy studying and in Stoic philosophy, there's a phrase called memento mori. And it's just, mm. it's a reminder that all men must die is what it translates to. And they, they tell you to think about your death. There's another Latin phrase that slips me right now, but it tells you to think about your death because when you take away and abstract the fact of like being scared of this outcome that is just the same as, somebody being born like we celebrate people being born but we mourn when they leave but those are both the same processes it's just a change in in nature mm -hmm. what happens is what you said you realize how short life is you realize that you know what like i'm going to be gone at some point uh so i better do all the things right now and that's that's where i live too and i remember will smith said something one time he was like on your deathbed you're gonna have all these ghosts of the things that you wish you did and he was like, my whole uh, point is I don't want to have any of those ghosts. I don't want no ghosts of things that I wish I would have done to be present there in, uh, on my deathbed. I want to have none of those there. And I did everything that I said I wanted to do. And I gave it at least a shot. And if it fell, if I fell, I fell. But I'm going to try. One other thing you talked about there that I want to dive deeper into is the healthy burden. It's something that I feel as well, where I, I tell people all the time, I feel this sense of responsibility as a Black founder, as someone with a bunch of Black investors, and as someone that, I'm, that is trying to be a representation 
for younger black kids to see that this is an example of what you can be. Talk to me about that healthy burden, how you manage it, and, and why do you enjoy it? Because I think you're like me, that we both enjoy it. We do. And it's crazy. I, I want to hear your answer, too, because I just, first of all, you know, I love learning from you as well. So we'll love, I want you to answer, to answer. You know, it's, at this point, my mentality on it is, is one, it's too late to go back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't just, t- like, literally, tomorrow you and I cannot, like, we can't just not, no longer be, you know, AI, Ariana the Techie on Twitter. Like, it literally has to keep going, right? And so for me, it's just about, you know, how do I make sure I'm being intentional about pushing the, you know, my my values, my missions and, and, and visions forward? And now, right, so let's get more into tangible because I like to give tangible examples. It's beyond just me speaking into existence and believing for myself, right? That's what helped me get out the depression. That's what helped me raise this round that we're going to talk about. You know, I mean, we're going to talk about this round. That's what helped me raise the round. But now it's this transfer of pushing my, not pushing, right, and trying to like, convert people, you know, people talking about conversion, but, but inspiring other people, like my team, right? Like we're at three. It, I, the idea for Mushi came in August. In December, it was just me because I did my three-month accelerator from October to December. We can talk about that later too. We want to bring it, we want to bring it up. And then I hired my first person in December. It's April. Or actually, yeah, it's April right now. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll be at 10 people soon. You know what I mean? So we're, we're scaling and moving fast. And so, you know, when we talk about, you know, inspiration and inspiring and mission and vision, now it's, okay, how do I get every person on my team to understand how I am and how I, how I think? Now, one thing about me that's very important is, although I'm, you know, super mission, vision, values first type founder, I'm also very open and I, I share it with my team. I also want feedback from you too. Like, I want to hear your perspective on how the company can be better. Like, it's, it's a team, right? It took... Ariana to get it this far, but it's going to take a team for us to grow. And so that's that's kind of the focus now and how I handle it if we're talking about burdens, right? Through delegation, hiring, getting people, you know, who are aligned with your belief system, right? And that's what you talk about, AJ, like you got investors who are aligned with your your belief system. Like, I remember when I first heard your story, I was like, he did what? Hold on, not only did you do it and got all black investors, my 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 boy had the chain on in the photo for the article. And you even talked about, I think you talked about this on Twitter. I'm, it must have been because I don't remember us having a conversation about it. But I think you made a tweet one day about the importance of people seeing that representation, right? So, you know, inspiring other young kids, period, right, from all over the world, because everybody from every culture and background can learn from us. But definitely we want we want our community to see us doing our thing, you know, in high top Nikes and chains and you know, all that good stuff. Like, yeah, like you can walk up in here two-stepping, you know, raising around, you know, maybe not in the meeting, but you know what I mean. Facts, facts, yeah. And I mean, that's for me, that's the burden I have is that I want to look back and there's a bunch of young kids that have created companies and they say, I saw AJ, I I saw him Mm. doing it and it was cool. It looked cool. It looked like I could do that. And he was having fun. He was doing all the things. And, And I want, I tell people all the time, like I, I am very comfortable with my personal outcome and how my kids are going to be. I know I'm going to be straight. So my now focus is I'm trying to create 20 millionaires. I want 20 different people to become millionaires because of something that I wow. built. And that's my focus. That's the burden I put on myself. And I'm excited to do it. You know, I'm excited to get there. I want to talk a little bit, go back a little bit in your story, though, because a lot of people don't know how you actually got into software engineering and how you started. So tell folks how you started coding. How did, how did that start? 
man. So let's take it there. So I was I got exposed to tech my sophomore year of high school. So again, you know, public school, you know, Atlanta, ATL, real west side, you know, MLK, Mosley Park, baby. Go ahead and shout out the neighborhood. Listen, okay, you know. Yeah, so I got exposed in high school. It was the year, so when I graduated high school in 2013, I was a sophomore in 2010. And so um, that was our first year ever we had a robotics club, the first ever robotics club for our high school. And so I remember walking down the hallway and I was like, oh man, what is what is this robotics? Like I knew the robot dance, but I didn't know anything about robots. And that's where I got my exposure. Um, I, I, that's where I learned, uh, got exposed to like C++. That's where I first learned how to solder. So, you know, we were building circuit boards. And uh, I remember that year, that first year, we competed in the best robotics, first robotics competition. And our team, our small team, our first ever robotics team, we actually built a robot that could play basketball. Built the body. Then we, we built this robotic arm. We went to like, I think we went to Lowe's or uh, Home Depot and we bought a bunch of different materials. And we built this robotic arm that we pick up a ball and it would drop it and uh, it would put it in the little, you know, you had little hoops or whatever on the ground and, and like a course or whatever that you have to drive it on. And so that, that's where I actually got my first exposure. Then from high school, I went to Tuskegee University, HBCU. So shout out to Tuskegee. And I majored in electrical engineering. But by, by the time I was in my sophomore year at Tuskegee, I realized, I said, you know what? I need to do something different. I was like, I literally started to think about, oh my gosh, like soon, literally, I don't know how at, I think at the time, I don't know how old I was, maybe 19 years old or something like that. But so this was in 2000 and man, was it 2014 or 15? I think it was 2015. I made a decision that I actually wanted to drop out of college. Most people don't know that. I have no college, no college degree, got college exposure. And I forever credit my uh, university to ski. And one day they're going to give me an honorary degree. So I'm going to go ahead and play that too. You know, your girl killing it. Yeah. So I decided to drop out of college my sophomore year because I realized like no one in my family, I was like, who? I was like, if we don't figure out who's going to make some money, somebody got to be a millionaire. Unless we're going to be broke. We're going to be looking crazy. Literally. I, I literally one day, I, I just remember, I still feel that feeling today. I remember I'm waking up saying, who's going to pay for the funeral for my grandparents? Who's going to pay for the funeral for my mom and dad? Cause it ain't finna happen the way it's going now. Like literally. And even now I'm the richest person in my family. I'm, I'm actually the richest person in the history of my bloodline. Because if you keep going back, we all know the history of America. We don't even have to get into that, but I am the richest person ever in my bloodline. Like right now. Okay. And I don't even have a Bugatti yet. I literally woke up one day and I was at school and I was like, somebody has to do something different. And so I got the entrepreneurship bug. There's a gentleman, I can't remember his exact name, but he is the, the owner of Smoothing Groove. It's a young black entrepreneur. So maybe one day he'll listen to this podcast, but I really have to shout him out because he came and visited Tuskegee AJ and he talked about entrepreneurship and how the traditional corporate world just wasn't for him. He tried it. He was an engineer too, I think. And that's what got me. And so after that, I decided to drop out of college and got the entrepreneurship bug. And I've had plenty of businesses since then. Most people don't even know. Like I ran a baking company in Atlanta for three years. So I'm, I've been a baker for the last 11 and I did real estate investing. So I own like multiple properties across Michigan. I, I've done all kinds of stuff. So been, been a whiz kid on business side. And then, but after leaving Tuskegee, I said, you know what? I really want to um, get, stay in the tech field. I was like, you know, I, I know engineering, I knew it was always for me because I had that exposure. So I, I moved to Michigan after dropping out and 
I got into a coding boot camp there. And that's what changed my life right there. Because I learned these skills that I knew were the future because I wanted the power to be able to build anything. Because I'm, I'm, I'm an ideas person. I'm a creative. You can, you can feel the vibe through anybody listening. You can feel my energy through the audio. And so I wanted to be able to have the skill sets and the tools. So the, the coding boot camp um, uh, changed my life. And we got to do a quick shout out to our homeboy Chandler Malone, you know, the uh, CEO and founder of Boot Up. They help folks if you're a recent uh, college boot camp grad. But, you know, I wish I would have had a Chandler back then. I mean, eventually I figured it out, but want to shout them out. So, but that's how I got started in entrepreneurship and coding. What a story. And yeah, shout out to Chandler. If you are new to, to comply or not to comply, the episode right before this was with Chandler Malone from uh, Buddha, the homie also down here in Miami doing amazing things. And if you're trying to get into tech, that's that's where you should start for sure. Because it's a field, as Ariana, you're showing, it can change your life. And I think that's the moment I realized too. I was at a large consulting firm and I was doing well. I was making great money. I was making 250K a year. But I realized, I was like, man, like, I'm not changing nobody's life. Like, I looked around, I was like, yeah, I was able to, like, buy this for my family, do this, like, buy all the shoes, do all the traveling. But that's not going to change anything, the future or trajectory of our family. Like, I wanted more, and I knew it had to be a lot more. And, and it's why I took the chance and, and took a big pay cut to do this was because I knew there was more to it. There was more than just that little piece that we were at. And I think that's a moment a lot of entrepreneurs get to. I want to fast forward to today. So you started, you know, at the boot camp. You've been grinding. You've been doing all these other businesses. You now are getting ready to launch in June, but you've also done something else really amazing. Uh, tell the folks what you what you just accomplished. I'm over here dancing, so me and AJ laughing at each other. We're seeing a video, but yeah, I'm so excited to you know announce that I just closed our $3.3 million seed round solo founder, Black woman in the blockchain space. But yeah, we just closed our seed round led by Harlem Capital. Shout out to Henri and Nicole and, and just everyone who's there at the, you know, at Harlem Capital for leading the round. Follow on by, you know, Presight VC, Capital TVC, just an amazing investors. Uh, shout out to Ted Lucas, owner of Slip Aside Records, also owner of, of Miami NFT Week. It's so many other strategic investors uh, who came on board for follow on and I, we're, we're just so blessed and this is a this is a moment in history you know guys like come on 26 black woman you know in crypto there are not that many women period i mean this is a big deal for women all around the world so i'm i'm really excited for this 3.3 man I'm, I'm excited that's amazing <laughs> i know firsthand how hard it is to raise capital um but i know it's even exponentially harder as a black woman in web3 building something for fine mm -hmm. art, like, and you're building it. You're literally the one building it, your hands on keyboard yeah. type of vibes while also building the company. So nothing but respect, salute. I'm mm -hmm. so happy for you. I'm happy to call you a friend and that you, you know, you accomplished that. And, and I just know where you're headed. I know exactly where you're going and the world is about to find out and catch up. So I, I want people mm -hmm. to understand like how difficult it is to raise venture capital, especially as a black mm -hmm. woman. And to be able to raise a $3.3 million seed round, that's not charity. That is a real legitimate business that people expect to be a really big company. And it's because of the work that you put in and all the things that you had to do to get to this point, because it's not easy at all. So what's next? You know, you got cash in the bank now. I know you're going to probably sleep a little bit better after I got that cash in the bank. My, my sleep improved a little bit, but what's next for the company? You know, what are, what, what are the plans for Mushi coming up? 
Yeah, I'm so excited. So one, you know, just like all the awesome founders, just like my boy AJ, I'm hiring. Okay, so <laughs> let's start there. Let's start with the team. So engineers, designers, marketing. I mean, we're, we're hiring like crazy. Our team is growing fast. Like, again, it was just me in August, you know, November. I hired my first person in December. Now we're almost at a, a, a team close to 10 folks and, and we're looking to continue to expand and grow throughout the year. You know, so if you're an art collector or a person who's, you know, new to NFTs or you love collecting NFTs or maybe you love traditional fine art, like fine art and contemporary art, or you want to learn more about it, we're looking to be connected to folks in that space, whether you're an artist or a collector. We have our beta launch that's coming and happening. It's happening in real life in June in Miami. We're going to, again, the event will be in Wynwood. It's a 30-day art exhibit, y'all. This is a big deal. It's actually the first in the country. It's actually the first 30-day fine art NFT, like in real life exhibit um, to ever happen. So real, we're excited to make history there with that. And of course, you guys can subscribe to Mushi, M-U-E-S-H-I-I-N-C on everywhere, like everywhere. And then Ariana the Techie, if you follow me, you'll get all the, the updates and stuff. But that's what we're looking for this year. I'm excited for my team. It, it's just a blessing. Like, AJ, you already know, but it's it's like it's a blessing. Like this time last year, I remember I was sharing like AJ, like my vision briefly. Like I, the idea for this company didn't start till last late last August, but I would share my you know more longer term 40, 50 year goals with some friends, and I had people who didn't believe in me. They just be like, "Oh yeah, Ariana, you know you going da 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 da," and I'm like, "No, nah, like I'm really gonna make it. Like I'm gonna start a multi million dollar company." And here I am. This is this is. Like where we today, this is the anniversary of when I like moved to Miami. So I just, I feel very blessed and I don't, and I didn't even, it didn't even register to me until we got on the, on the, on the call today um, to talk about this, but yeah, I, I just feel very blessed and excited for growth. I'm excited for you. I'm going to be there in June at the event. If anybody is coming to Miami or if you're in Miami and you want to meet me, you got to meet me there. I'm going to tell you the whole month that your exhibit is going on. If you want to meet me, if you want to do lunch, you want drinks, you want to catch up, all those messages I get, you tell me when you're going to be there and I'll be there to meet you because that's going to be dope. The first of its kind, like you're literally black history. Like, I hope you know that you are black history. You are making black history. Little girls are going to read about you in every February across the country for years to come because of what you're doing. So I'm I'm so proud of you. So proud of what you're building. And, you know, to finish up here, this is called the To Comply and Not To Comply podcast. And if anybody has heard your story today, they know you did not comply with just accepting what was coming your way. You were not going to try to get a seat at the table. You built your own table. And if you're giving advice to someone out there that is in a similar situation and they're thinking about to comply or not to comply, What's the advice you have for someone trying to do something really special and really cool and, and change the trajectory of their life in one year like you did? One year to this week, you know, life is completely different. What, what piece of advice do you have? One, the answer is to comply, to comply to your vision. Let me tell you what really, this, I'm going to be very straight up with y'all. What really helped me outside of, again, prayer, talking God, all that good stuff and having a vision, those two are too important because you got to have something that grounds you. And you got to have something that keeps your eyes focused, right? So prayer is important. Talking to God is important. Two, having a vision. But the third thing is understanding that yeah. it's okay that everybody ain't going to make it with you. Because let's be clear, a lot of the times, I would probably say, I can't make any certain <laughs> statements because my attorneys will get on me. But one of the things that helped me was 
understanding is that everybody ain't going to make it because I think probably 80, 90% of the time we make decisions because we worried about what other people are thinking. And what helped me get out of depression, what helped me move to Miami is that I didn't care what my friends, family, anybody thought. I knew that the decision I was going to make had to be made for me. And so if you can get over that hurdle of not caring what people think and pushing yourself, no matter if you look crazy and you're wearing the same clothes because all you have is $250 to your name, you know, or you, you know, just doing your thing. So the answer is to comply with your vision and goals by any means necessary. And everybody ain't going to be make it with you. And I'm not rolling with the same people like I was 365 days from today. And that's for real. Facts. I love it. I think that's the title of the episode to comply with your vision with Ariana, the techie right there. That's the, that's the title of the episode. I think I told people this all the time. I'm like, I am headed this direction and I know where I'm going. I know I'm building bike check into a billion dollar company. And I don't care if the bus breaks down. I don't care if my shoes get ripped. I don't care if you're with me or you're not with me, but I'm going that direction and I'm trying to take as many people with me as possible. But if you fall off, you fall off, but I'm going to keep going and you're going to get doubt. Like even today, like I still get doubt and I'm like, y'all still doubting me at this point. Cool. Like I'm going to keep going. So like, I think to your point, like, People got to comply with their vision and just see it all the way through. I, I can't reiterate enough how proud I am of you, how grateful I am to have you as a friend and for you to join me on the podcast here and tell your story. I think a lot of people are going to be just inspired from what you've been able to accomplish and especially the announcement. We'll drop all the links to to all things Ariana and Yushi, um in the comments here so that everybody can follow you. I encourage you to just share the news about what this Black woman has achieved it is Black history. I'm not exaggerating. You said you're going to be in the museum. It's already written. It's done. Thank you so much for being with me. I appreciate it. Thank you, AJ, for having me on.